Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Glenn. 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 Um, I guess I'll start here. That's probably a good place to start the story. I um, I was taken aback well before. Uh, this became a major story. This well before CNN, before any major outlets were reporting on this. I was taken aback at the prospect of a whole bunch of prominent members of the intellectual dark weeb talking about ivermectin and touting its miraculous benefits. And this was at a time when we didn't really truly know a lot about ivermectin in relation to how it treats uh, human beings with COVID-19. But there was one study that showed that in a vacuum, it was very effective at uh, destroying COVID-19 cells. Uh, however, uh, the same study showed that the amount of ivermectin that would be necessary for someone ultimately uh, to use it as a potential cure in this regard uh, would not be uh, let's just say safe. Uh, it's not something that could ever be uh, scaled up to be used in human uh, form. But the idea that there is this anti-parasitic drug uh, that is, uh, you know, it's been a life-saving drug for a handful of people, especially if you are uh, undergoing uh, parasites that are trying to destroy your body, um, and animals as well, who might be getting things like worms, tapeworms, you name it. Uh, ivermectin is very effective at treating uh, those conditions. Uh, but then there was this big thing that people started to believe, uh, for one reason or another, that it was going to be very effective at uh, treating COVID-19. Now, obviously, uh, you know me, uh, I'm a big, uh, big old skeptic when it comes to anything, uh, anyone touting miracle cures. I understand completely, and I'm going to have to do a lot of disclaimers here. I understand why people hate Big Pharma. I hate Big Pharma. I despise Big Pharma. Fuck Big Pharma. Let's just say that just right out the gates. Fuck Big Pharma. Big Pharma fucking sucks. They spend more money on advertising than they do on R&D, most of the big ones anyway. Uh, they are uh, very responsible for a handful of terrible things that have happened to the American public and just the uh, the public in general, including Purdue Pharma that has basically pushed the opium addiction uh, upon us. Uh, it, the pharmaceutical companies are the fucking worst. They'll take a whole bunch of money from government grants to produce a life-saving vaccine like COVID-19, and then they sell it back to us at an incredible cost. Uh, and because we're not vaccinating the entirety of the planet uh, because of, again, money, uh, we're in the situation where there's all these variants that are continuing to mutate and evolve. Uh, and so we'll get new variants, which means we're going to need new variations of the pharmaceuticals, uh, life-saving mRNA vaccines. Uh, so they'll have to custom tailor them uh, and they'll have to keep giving us boosters in this perpetual cycle. Uh, what is it? Nine of the top CEOs for Pfizer uh, have increased their wealth by something like $10 billion in their own shares so yeah fuck big pharma hate big pharma but a hatred of big pharma does not lend credence to the idea that there are alternative miracle cures because the world is full of alternative miracle cures and people are afraid COVID-19 has caused nearly 1 million American deaths nearly 1 million people in America have died I mean that number is probably at a million if we were to count actually all the people related to the deaths of COVID-19 but a million Americans dying from something uh which we now have uh a vaccine which by all accounts it is not Pfizer or Moderna that I am thankful for it is the workers the scientists, those who worked tirelessly when this first came out, raced against the clock to produce something with existing technology in a way that I'll never fully comprehend because, again, I am not a scientist. I'm just a cheerleader for them. Uh, and I think what they did was nothing short of sensational, of stupendous. I, I, am, I am so very, very, very thankful for what they've pulled off. But I think, like, all of these fools... Uh, whether it's Brett Weinstein, who really set this whole thing off, you know, uh, taking ivermectin live on his podcast, then getting censored by YouTube, then making it into a whole thing. Like, of course, YouTube is trying to silence us. It's because they're uh, in the pockets of big pharma, big pharma. Like, 
just because they're alternatives to uh, a potential treatment uh, or a vaccine in this case, not a treatment, but a vaccine itself, doesn't mean that those alternatives are being silenced because they are effective and Big Pharma doesn't want competition. Big Pharma is finding out new ways to uh, increase their profits through this pandemic like no one's business, okay? Ivermectin is not the only thing standing in their way. And at least if all these people were talking about like Regeneron, which is monoclonal antibodies, which is something that has been proven to be effective in treating COVID-19 and helping people overcome COVID-19, uh, then at least they're basing what they're saying on science, right? And and then you could make the argument, well, why are you pushing for something that's so very expensive? It's about $2,600 a treatment versus something like uh, the vaccine, which is $20 a dose. Uh, so for about $40, you can effectively get a member of your populace uh, uh, protected to a degree. They're not invincibility uh, liquid, but to a degree in which they most likely will not face serious hospitalization as a result of catching COVID, which is, is a miraculous thing that we pulled it off. Yay, humanity. Go. We did good there. Okay. Anyways. Brett Weinstein starts promoting ivermectin, talking about it. And every one of them is so careful to be like, I wasn't promoting ivermectin, okay? I'm just saying we don't have all the answers. And then we've got Dennis Prager, who uh, is basically one of the most aggressive people, saying that if you are not promoting ivermectin, you are literally dealing in death. You've got Joe Rogan, Dr. Joe Rogan, who now calls up uh, you know, Tim Pool all the time saying, hey, by the way, we got to throw the kitchen sink at you. If we don't throw the kitchen sink at you, uh, you won't be cured. All this kind of stuff. Anyways, I ran with it because the net effect of what all these fools was having was that uh, them saying that ivermectin could be a potential miracle drug and not just them, by the way. I want to I lay a lot of blame, obviously, on Joe Rogan because he's got the biggest podcast, but fucking Fox News. Fox News, in my research I found, has promoted or endorsed the use of ivermectin 44 times since 2020. 44 separate times. Why, you may ask? What, what is the secret motive? Again, it's it's just money. This stuff was ratings gold. People love alternative medicines. They love feeling smarter than everyone else. They love being able to be like, oh, well, well all you sheeple are enjoying uh, the Fauci ouchie uh, to get rid of the China flu. I myself, uh, a very high IQ individual, has found this secret miracle cure that none of y'all know about. Yeah, no one knows about this, okay? As they promote this, as more people get afraid, as more people are unvaccinated but still don't have doctors or can afford healthcare, they will also want to have access to these miracle cures that all of their dude bro heroes have been talking about. Now, unfortunately, they don't have the same like doctors as their dude bro heroes, so they had to buy ivermectin that was intended for animals. That's where you get this massive increase at about 168% increase in the amount of calls into poison control in the United States for people taking uh, ivermectin intended for animals. That's where that comes from. CNN, because CNN is a clown shoes dumpster operation of which one person on the internet can do a better fact-finding uh, mission than they can, uh, went and reported that, of course, Joe Rogan is taking horse paste or Brett Weinstein is taking horse paste because it's funny. Now, this is what I was doing as a meme, okay? As a meme, I was joking that they were all getting high on horse paste and it was giving them superpowers. Like, this is not based in reality, just, just so we're clear. Here. But given the apparent effectiveness of ivermectin, at the eight, at, at the first moment that you you confront me with it, fair you know, enough. Um, that's so, and I and I wouldn't I wouldn't I would hope that no one would actually that you, that you think on it, and you know I've we've been sort of enmeshed in this for. So, you know, it was it was just being silly, jokes, whatever. Um, I, haven't, I ended up doing one on Glenn Greenwald because, of course, I, I was like, you know, Glenn doing this whole Fox News thing all the time. It's only a matter of time before Glenn Greenwald will be used by the big horse lobby uh, to, I don't know if he had it like a, at that time, if he actually had a stable at the Council of Cows, but big horse was going to come after him as well. Uh, and so I made this meme. Let's just get Glenn Greenwald. He's smart. Maybe he'll know what the hell's going on. Because I don't, but something is. What do you think is happening? Uh, 
Well, first of all, on the question of Biden's capabilities, obviously the corporate wing of the media, the liberal corporate wing, is liberal. Their closest relationships in the media are with the CIA, are with the Pentagon, are with the national security state, losing to what is essentially a primitive fighting force. The, 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 the Democratic voters revere the CIA, revere the FBI. It's Republicans who are skeptical of, of the deep state. Ivermectin, that's the current debate. It's a therapeutic that many are saying is somewhat of a miracle drug. Perhaps we'll see if it works out in treating COVID-19. But even the idea of Ivermectin, Glenn, is totally pushed off of social media. I mean, you will get banned. You'll get you'll get red flagged. Brett Weinstein, for example, has had his podcast almost kicked off of YouTube for even considering that Ivermectin could be a good potential therapeutic. Now, today, it's announced the University of Oxford, Oxford is testing ivermectin as a possible treatment for COVID-19. I can't help but avoid the idea, Glenn, that these stories are connected. It's all coming back to some sort of mind control. Why can we not even consider possible alternatives to, I guess, what is endorsed by Big Pharma? I think you put your finger on exactly the point. Um, when you say that some people say this is a potentially effective treatment, by some people, what you're referring to are medical doctors and scientists as credentialed as anyone, including Dr. Fauci. There is a human version of the product, but it's not approved to treat COVID-19 because there's no evidence it helps. It's for livestock. We're not livestock. Hey, dosage rates for what? This is for livestock. I mean, one tube will treat a 1,250-pound horse. Okay, so that was uh, the meme that I made about Glenn Greenwald. Now, uh, Glenn Greenwald, I, well, first off, I posted this to the Twitters. Me and Glenn haven't had a lot of interactions together, but I posted this to Twitter, uh, and it went a little bit viral. Uh, people were having a good time, enjoying the laughs. Uh, a whole bunch of politicians in Brazil, uh, sorry, not politicians, uh, uh, journalists in Brazil caught wind of it. Uh, Glenn Greenwald has been getting, uh, let's just say, into a handful of battles over there. Uh, and then they started running with this uh, meme, reposting it, posting it all over the place, saying like, you know, Glenn Greenwald has sold out to Big Horse, check this out, blah, blah, blah. And that's when Glenn finally got really upset at me. Uh, and started re replying to me in tweet forms uh, saying that uh, I was a scumbag and that I had uh, manipulated uh, his uh, his speech, that he himself has never endorsed ivermectin, uh, that, you know, that I've done a really bad thing. Um, I can show you a little bit of these interactions. Um, so, by the way, on November 30th, and what's launched this whole thing last week, is that Green, Glenn Greenwald went on this thing where he's basically been feuding with lots of other reporters in America as well. Uh, and, it, you know, for a variety of reasons. Everyone has been very confused by Glenn Greenwald's massive pivot towards appearing uh, over 11 times a year on either Tucker Carlson show or Fox News, and oftentimes just being, to be totally frank, and this is like the best faith interpretation I can give of it, uh, being a useful idiot to them because Fox News has a narrative. They have a narrative that they want to push on any given day, especially Tucker Carlson. I mean, I can, we're going to get into Tucker Carlson's narratives and what he's actually trying to do with the show. But they want to pull people on and they pull Glenn on because Glenn, they can say, hey, we've got prominent, uh, sorry, prominent leftist journalist Glenn Greenwald and he's going to talk to us about how big tech is trying to censor the right, how big tech is trying to control and manipulate us. Uh, and at the same time, Glenn Greenwald can then come out and say, and this is how he's defended himself, I will go on any show that will have me because I care passionately about these topics and allows me to talk about them on a large, st uh, on a large sc uh, scale stage. So he's been going after people who've been going after him, and now he's in this, well, this was last week, things have changed, but uh, he's in this mood where it's like, these cowards will use your name in Substack articles, YouTube segments, proclaim themselves creepy watchers of your work. Why is it creepy to, to, to watch a, a very public figure and comment on them? This is the same person, by the way, I'll remind you, who a couple days ago was losing his shit online over whether or not Michael Tracy smashes. Like, it's about whether Michael Tracy uh, gets laid. And, and was, like, just fully defending Michael Tracy. Like, I find it very unusual that people keep claiming that Michael Tracy does not indeed smash. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, you have a Pulitzer. What are you doing? Log off. Like, you are one of the people that uh, Twitter is really unhealthy for. You know, it's unhealthy for all of us, okay? But there's some people who, like, accept their clownery and are not trying to still posture. So I guess maybe there's that. 
But anyways, creepy watchers of your work, talk to like-minded liberals about your flaws, accept everything, say this to your face so you can debunk their lies, uh, make them justify their claims. Accept, oh, sorry, everything except say this to your face so you can debunk their lies and make them justify their claims. Uh, so right away, I was like, hey, Glenn, I watched your latest interview defending Tucker Carlson, and I had quite a few questions. Would you come on my show so I can ask them to your face? Glenn? To his credit, says, yes, email me, though I won't agree to confine the discussion to just that. I'll also include the fraudulent editing you did of some video interviews to make it seem like I endorsed Ivermectin. But sure, let's schedule something. I wouldn't have it any other way. Emailing now. And then someone randomly asks, "Uh, did you really edit videos like that? I don't know anything about your page or whatever it is, but if true, that's low. And then Glenn jumps back in. They're scumbags. They deceitfully edited several different interviews together, including the one that had nothing to do with COVID, to claim I sold out to Big Horse. <laughs> Fucking, I'm adding that to my bucket list, by the way. I got Glenn Greenwald to say this out loud. Sold out to Big Horse and joins the Ivermectin train touting its benefit on Fox News. And then I had a little fun by saying Big Horse strikes again. Um, you know, all, all in good fun. All, all, all in great fun. When did he become such a massive piss baby? Do you think it is too much Twitter derangement or is it all about money? I don't know. Like, he claims that he's never changed. That's what he says in this, like, this more recent, like, uh, defending myself against critics interview. Um, Because I've watched this whole thing, I think, three times now. Uh, The first half, uh, he's like, he he addresses a whole bunch of different criticisms about him. But it's around the middle mark where he specifically is asked by Stephen Fritz about Tucker Carlson. And Stephen Fritz brings up the fact that, like, uh, you know, there are some people who are just beyond the pale. This is a person who is espousing uh, white supremacist beliefs. This is a person who is uh, mainstreaming the great replacement theory on national television. Uh, Like, you know, why wouldn't you acknowledge these things? And I'm going to get into Glenn's defense, but I think, like, Glenn basically, uh, if he's claiming now that he hasn't changed at all, and that people simply don't understand that everything else has changed, not him, right? The world has changed. Everything is upside down. Like, uh, the same people who used to be against the CIA and the FBI are now all for the FBI, and they're, they're all consumed by Russiagate. Like, Russiagate was, I think, a very defining moment for Glenn Greenwald. The whole Russiagate stuff uh, made Glenn Greenwald uh, very, very mad at mainstream press. It made him mad at, like, MSNBCs, made him mad at, like, uh, CNN, made him mad at all the kind of what you consider liberal media. So he got furious at liberal media for their coverage of Russiagate. And to be frank, uh, they they went in so deep on these, like, like it's hard to remember what 2016, 2017, 2018 were truly like uh, from, like, just consuming liberal media standpoint. But it was all resistance bullshit, as in, like, uh, Trump is sucking Putin's cock on a daily basis. He gets his, like, commands through the coded messages and the DNA inside his cum. And every single day, uh, you know, Donald Trump takes his orders from Putin and destroys our country. uh, And the Mueller report is going to save us all. And we all love the FBI now. And it's the greatest institution of all time. And we cannot wait until this all comes out. You know, all, all this shit was like a daily, like, they took it to such delusional grandeur that, yes, fine, if you were capable like Glenn was at the time of realizing that they have completely lost the lost the mark on all this and like sorry lost the plot I should say um then I I completely understand why you might be mad at these kind of things that being said that should not inspire anyone to think well now if I align myself with one of the few people who is calling this out Tucker Carlson I bring Tucker Carlson on, I think it was 2017, when he brought Tucker Carlson on to the Intercepts podcast to talk. And this is a conversation that Glenn Greenwald references frequently when defending Tucker Carlson. He'll say, hey, by the way, I've already called him out. If you go back into 2017, and also I put the transcripts up on Medium, so you can go see the transcripts on Medium, where he's also highlighted the parts he wants you to look at, which is also just darling. Um, but anyways, he he said publicly that, hey, by the way, if, if you go, uh, you can find all this kind of information, and that's all there is to it. Um, and uh, in that callout, it's also one of the first times I could find an example of him asking Tucker Carlson a question. Tucker Carlson responds with, well, I'm deeply concerned about immigration. I think that as we have unrestricted uh, immigration into this country, it'll change the demographics of this country uh, and fundamentally change the country itself. And that was one of the first times I was like, oh, shit, these are little early hearkenings to what would become a very prominent theme in a lot of Tucker Carlson's work. Um, And Glenn doesn't push him on that. Glenn sidesteps that and wants to talk about a specific story involving why his coverage of, uh, um, I believe it was a Muslim uh, person being charged in one case. He never juxtaposes with a white person being charged with the same thing or was a similar crime committed in the same area because he claims that he wants to inflame, or he doesn't even 
he doesn't accuse him of this, but he says, by doing one and not the other, you can understand how this could inflame racial tensions. And then it just kind of gives Tucker an easy out, where he's like, no, I would never want to do that. I'm just, I'm just unaware of the second story. Because I listened to that whole podcast yesterday, Tucker's just like I, I just I didn't know about the white about the white version of it. Or that there was a white. I maybe I just I'm in different circles than you, but I have no desire to inflame racial tensions. Quite the opposite. If anything, I want to unify and strengthen the country. Uh, and so that's basically the way that conversation goes. So I think I guess a fair thing to do would be well, actually I have a transcribed because I transcribed the whole fucking thing uh, for our debate today. That's not going to take place. So this is. Me having transcribed the entirety of that segment with Fox News. Now, this is not the entire segment. This is just the conversation where they specifically begin to talk about ivermectin. So the host says to Glenn Greenwald, and just check out the wording of this, because the plausible deniability is, like, stunning uh, in this, in the way he's speaking about ivermectin. But ivermectin, that's the current debate. It's a therapeutic that many are saying is somewhat of a miracle drug. Perhaps we'll see if it works out for treating COVID-19, but even the idea of ivermectin, Glenn, is completely pushed off of social media. Brett Weinstein, for example, has had his podcast almost kicked off of YouTube for even considering that ivermectin could be a good potential therapeutic. Now, today it's announced that the University of Oxford is testing ivermectin as a possible treatment for COVID-19. I can't help but avoid the idea, Glenn. If these stories are connected, it's coming back to some sort of mind control. Why can't we even consider possible alternatives to what I guess is endorsed by Big Pharma? That's the layup. That's the layup. And again, remember, keep in mind, of his own words, Glenn Greenwald has said that he comes on Fox News exclusively, exclusively to be able to talk about issues that are important to him. And they've asked him to talk about issues that are important to him. His response to someone saying, and I have to stress this a second time, it's many a therapeutic that many are saying is somewhat of a miracle drug. Imagine hearing that if you have or you have a family member who has COVID-19. Glenn Greenwald responds, I think you put your finger on exactly the point. When you say that some people say that this is a potentially effective treatment by some people, what you're referring to is medical doctors and scientists as credentialed as anyone, including Dr. Fauci. And some of them have even testified before the Senate and testified that this drug holds promise for treating COVID. And that Senate testimony itself was removed by Google, by YouTube, which is owned by Google on the grounds that it violated their policy. So, this is... In his own words, Glenn Greenwald talking about ivermectin, talking about the fact that there is a doctor. I would now like to introduce you all to Dr. Pierre Corey. This is Dr. Pierre Corey. Well, doc- now, oh, well, let's just pause it because this is going to be a conversation, isn't it? All right, I just want you on screen. Okay, here's Dr. Pierre Corey. This is uh, who Glenn Greenwald has been white knighting in this case. Dr. Pierre Corey is the founding member of the FLCCC, which is now a notorious organization amongst the scientific community in the United States. It is the largest organization that is currently advocated for alternative therapies and medicines to treat COVID-19. While they say that vaccination is considered part of the plan, they do not include vaccines in their list of preventative measures to take to not catch and or uh, transmit COVID-19. They do include a very, very hefty dose of uh, advocating for the use of ivermectin. They are the premier organization in the United States advocating for the use of ivermectin. This gets a little worse, though. The Journal of Intensive Care Medicine retracted a paper written by Dr. Corey and others because it misreported the mortality figures of people treated for COVID-19, falsely making it appear to be an effective treatment. Their findings presented to the National Institute of Health ruled that there was insufficient data to recommend either for or against the use of ivermectin without clinical trials. A 2021 review article by the FLCCC was rejected by Frontiers in Pharmacology because of a, quote, series of strong unsupported claims based on studies with insufficient statistical significance. They included a study from Egypt, which has now been retracted after anomalies were found in its data and there was concerns about plagiarism. One of the doctors in the FLCCC uh, is being sued right now for prescribing medicine uh, in a hospital where he doesn't have admitting privileges. This same individual, the one you see before you, and you're, uh, again, I was wondering why the fuck would Glenn Greenwald even be talking about this individual, was the same person who went on to the Joe Rogan podcast and spoke to Joe Rogan and spoke about the fantastical properties of ivermectin live to Joe Rogan and, again, his millions and millions of listeners. On that, he said, quote, ivermectin leads to 100% uh, protection in the participants in a study that he has found. 
100% protection. That would be unbelievable if true. Like, unreal. Just a, oh, wow, what a miracle that we found this thing that is so specifically attuned to this practical use in treating a disease like this. Turns out, unfortunately, that the study he's referring to only had one issue. Uh, he is also a conspiracy theorist who has decided that all information must go in one direction from, quote, the gods of science down, but not in the way that it works. Science happens on the ground, he said. Now, the reason so many of his studies and the studies of the FLCCC have been effectively rejected by all these other uh, peer-reviewed papers and journals and medical journals is because a lot of them depended on a meta-study of ivermectin. And this is the big meta-study on ivermectin that you'll see people like Jimmy Dore referencing frequently. Uh, Dennis Prager references it frequently. Uh, many people who like to tout the benefits of ivermectin talk about this study as if it is like a sacrosync. The problem with the meta-study is that uh, you do need a meta-study. I'm not against meta-studies. I think meta studies are important especially in relation to something like this because they are going to take uh, a whole bunch of different studies and give us uh, results based on uh, their findings in multiple different studies in this case three of the studies that were necessary for it to give a favorable review of ivermectin came from iran turkey and iraq uh, the worst of them coming out of egypt and lebanon the studies from egypt and lebanon were not peer-reviewed the one from Egypt was a preprint. The one from Egypt is probably the most, and I can't stress this enough, the most crucial paper when oh, it comes to anyone. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, that scared the shit out of me. Lonerbox! Thank you for the rating party of 105. Uh, you're going to love this, Lonerbox. I'm doing exactly what you do. I am currently breaking down uh, Glenn Greenwald using only facts, science, logic, figures, all that kind of stuff. I was actually supposed to have a debate with Glenn Greenwald today. And he backed out of it last minute, hours before uh, we were supposed to go. Uh, and I'm in the middle of, I guess, half telling the story, half debunking uh, Glenn Greenwald and half debunking this fucking uh, doctor you see before you, who is uh, the number one, uh, let's just say, advocate for ivermectin use in the United States. Uh, but hey, thank you so much for the raid, everybody. Please, everyone, go to twitch.tv slash LonerBox. Uh, LonerBox is incredible. He's based and has done amazing work uh, taking down Lauren Southern recently. So I do recommend checking out LonerBox's channel uh and also has a very very cool narration voice there's there's that as well so welcome in raiders um yeah if you want just a, a quick two second uh background to what to what happened uh a week ago uh i called out glenn greenwald on the twitters uh he agreed uh to uh host uh, he agreed to have a debate with me if he was allowed to call me out for my uh, comedy that i'd made about him i've made some memes and i've edited some videos about uh, glenn greenwald and i was really excited about that because i for one do not believe that people should be allowed to hide behind the veil of comedy i don't people think people should be able to make jokes and then be like it's just a joke for the lulz Teehee. I think if you are either a comedian or someone who makes comedy or someone who even does stand up or anything like that, uh, you should be able to defend the purpose of your jokes. Like, what exactly is the point? Uh, why are you saying what you're saying out loud, right? Dave Chappelle um, kind of shit. So I was like, I was really excited. And that's kind of what I'm in the middle of doing right now because uh, I still think that uh, it's plausible. The only reason why uh, Glenn Greenwald would take the time to go to bat for this person, this individual that I'm currently trying to uh, describe as someone who has been fraudulently trying to promote ivermectin, uh, is that he is in the pocket of Big Horse. That's like, it's the only thing that really makes sense at the end of the day. I mean, it's it's so bafflingly cartoonish that someone like Glenn Greenwald, who again, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalist who I have nothing but the utmost respect for, like every other leftist, uh, I was going to kiss the ring before I even before I even began just doing I, every single leftist who ever talks to him uh, you were my hero for so long Glenn I can't believe that you've kind of like gone down this road and it's really sad to see but at the end of the day uh, I suppose I uh, thank you so much for having this time you know um, respect for Glenn yes absolutely some of his early work especially his work on uh, the elections in Brazil his interviews with Lula da Silva if you haven't watched them I would still recommend them even even with Glenn Greenwald having gone down the road uh, that uh, that he has you know to say the very least anyways everybody um, if you're just catching up now uh, this is the same person who founded the FLCCC 
a member of the FLCCC has uh, left the organization because he was completely against the fact that the FLCCC has refused to add vaccination to their list of preventative measures for COVID-19. This is the same doctor who on three separate occasions has tried to get uh, publications done on ivermectin and its potential benefits uh, and has been rejected. Uh, this is the same person who was using studies that have now been recalled, including the biggest study being out of Egypt. Uh, and the problem with the study out of Egypt, specifically as relation to the metadata study, is when you lose the studies from Egypt as well as from Lebanon, the, the statistics on the meta study completely change and they have reversed uh, their uh, original findings. So that metadata study that so many of these people are depending on, including Jimmy Dore and everyone else who wants to talk about, and Joe Rogan who wants to talk about the benefits of ivermectin, since the Egypt study itself was found to uh, be uh, fraudulent, uh, it was a preprint, by the way. People should never never been using it in the first place, uh, but it's been recalled. Uh, so now that that has happened, multiple other studies are coming out. Um, uh, what was it? An analysis by a reporter at The Atlantic found that uh, there has been so many low-quality studies at this point. A bare minimum of five ivermectin papers are either misconceived, inaccurate, or otherwise based on studies that cannot exist as described. Large randomized trials show substantial improvements in the reduction of the mortality rate in the ivermectin-treated groups was a preprint and has now been withdrawn. The biggest studies out of Egypt and Lebanon have been retracted. Oxford Academic Clinical Infectious Diseases June 2020 meta-analysis has uh, now stated that ivermectin does not reduce mortality, LOS, viral clearance, ivermectin did not reduce death from any cause, length of stay in the hospital, people's ability to clear the virus, poisoning, and okay, so all that being said, now you know everything that you can about Dr. Pierre Corey. Here's the kicker. Here's the fucking, the most beautiful piece on the pie in this one. While undergoing ivermectin therapy himself, he contracted COVID-19. Even as an anecdotal like piece of uh, evidence, this doctor, Dr. Pierre Corey, the very same doctor that Glenn Greenwald was promoting, saying that he is as accredited and esteemed as Dr. Fauci in relation to discussing COVID-19, this very same fucking doctor, while undergoing ivermectin therapy, caught COVID-19. <laughs> like, you can't make this shit up. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. So... There's there's all that. Um, but jokes aside, the, the thing that I, I really wish I would have been able to talk to Glenn that I can't talk about now is, again, people coming out and people like Glenn Greenwald uh, coming right from a segment where the Fox News host said that some people are saying this is a potential miracle drug to Glenn Greenwald saying, by some people, you mean doctors who are as accredited and esteemed as Dr. Fauci. Uh, who have testified before the Senate, which is technically true. This is a doctor, all right? This is a doctor who has worked front lines in COVID. He is not a quack. That's one of the most fucked up things about trying to, and harder things about trying to debunk the ivermectin, uh, let's just say, uh, phase that uh, America went through, um, is that this is not necessarily just like, you know, someone who has no accreditation, got his uh, doctorate from some online school and is now just saying like, oh yes, uh, the, the demon semen kind of stuff like that. No, this is a real doctor who did work on patients who had problems with COVID-19. He was a frontline doctor, and honestly, it's more tragic than it is hilarious because this is someone who genuinely was looking for something that could help his patients. Initially, he was someone who believed very deeply in steroid therapy uh, and, uh, you know, in order to improve respiratory conditions, uh, and eventually started putting all his chips into ivermectin and then founded an entire organization, the FLCCC, with a bunch of other doctors, thinking that perhaps we have found a cheap, effective, uh, without any copyright, so, you know, big pharma can't try to gouge patients because fucking healthcare in the U.S. is just so savage. Uh, we have it, ivermectin, here we go. Studies are starting to come out left and right that are showing that it has potential effects. I'm now going to, you know, do ivermectin therapy myself. I'm going to go and Joe Rogan and espouse its benefits. And he was wrong. He was wrong. You can be wrong. At this point, it's like it's diminishing returns. The cost, the sunk cost fallacy that is continuing the FLCCC, despite the fact that they are losing uh, their original members, to continue to push forward with this, like, I guess, battle for ivermectin, you know? Uh, and, and that's what they've all been doing to this point. But I'm not a doctor, and Glenn Greenwald isn't a doctor. We are both just public figures who say things uh, out loud, and certain people uh, take them to heart. And the problem with Joe Rogan or Glenn Greenwald or Jimmy Dore or all these people promoting and or uh, even trying to say that this is a potential life-saving medicine at a time when people are desperate is the fact that people do not have access to the same doctors as Joe Rogan. Doctors in the United States are not approved to prescribe you uh, ivermectin for COVID-19. 
the, the FDA does not approve its use for COVID-19. Uh, and so at this time, people who either have to get it through their doctor because their doctor is just giving them the scripts or they want to do the only thing that they have access to, which is to buy the horse paste. That's where the horse paste stuff comes in. That's that's where people ended up going to animal pet stores because they were so desperate because they either uh, have been fooled uh, into thinking that the uh, the vaccine is dangerous uh, by a lot of the same people. And these same people are all doing it for profit, which is the fucked up thing. Like, look at Jimmy Dore's entire fucking channel now. Look at every fucking video that he pumps out. It's all like vaccine, 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 ivermectin silencing, big pharma, big pharma, big pharma, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine kind of shit. So it's really sad that you know poison uh, control calls for ivermectin went up 163% this year as a direct result of these people pushing this kind of shit you know um and again t- uh, fox news uh, themselves 44 segments on ivermectin uh since 2020 um and and like the fact that half of fox viewers are 68 or older also makes this super fucked up uh on top of everything else um I could do an entire separate segment on Tucker Carlson being a white nationalist. Uh, maybe I should. I don't know if everyone wants me to do that half of this discussion because most of you are probably already like, yeah, we know, we know he's a white nationalist. We don't need to be reminding us. Um, but that, more than anything, I was incredibly curious to see what Glenn Greenwald was going to say in his defense uh, to a number of segments. Like, um, I don't have uh, metadata studies on uh, on uh, Tucker Carlson's numbers, as in like how many times he has talked about immigration in this way, how many times he's talked about this in this way. But I do have chunks of like uh, I found, uh, say, ten videos on uh, the immigration crisis where you've directly referred to immigrants as dirty or talked about how they are dirty in society or making America more filthy, you know, stuff of that nature to again demean them and dehumanize them and that kind of stuff. Um. Nance, can you make it boomer friendly? I want to send it to my boyfriend's grandparents. Uh, make what boomer friendly? The ivermectin stuff, or or talking about um, talking about Tucker Carlson? Because Tucker Carlson, like the reason Tucker Carlson is is as dangerous as he is, is that he's using the language of white supremacists and white nationalists. Um, but he's being very careful for the most part. I do have examples of him slipping, being care- very careful with his words. Uh, yeah, okay. I I don't know if I can make anything for you that, like, I, I'm probably not not what a 68-year-old grandparent wants to listen to or any of this. This whole thing probably looks too weird, right? They're probably going to be like, what is what is all this? What is, I, I don't understand. What, he's, now he's in different, what, now the room's on fire? What, what is going on? We need a, a boomer-friendly Tucker take. Um, well, I mean, I would assume, here's here's the easiest thing that I could do about that, is that I don't think uh, your grandparents probably have any interest whatsoever in uh, supporting actual white supremacy, right? Like, I think that's a pretty easy bar for us all to meet. All of us, for the most part, uh, at least back in the day, pre, let's just say pre-2016, before Trump really normalized what it is to be a nationalist and all that kind of stuff. But the idea of, uh, you know, Nazis, neo-Nazis, uh, Aryan uh, Aryan brotherhoods, uh, all that kind of stuff, we all kind of agreed. They're the bad guys. They're the baddies, right? We can all we can all kind of get together on that idea, we hope. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was kind of the idea for a while. Um, so when it comes to Tucker Carlson... Tucker Carlson uh, has his whole life been saying things off camera that are very, very spicy. Uh, his call-ins to uh, Bubba the Love Sponge radio show, for example, really gives you an idea of what he thinks and how he speaks when he's unfiltered. Uh, obviously, being a little inflammatory because you're on radio and he wants to be funny, but if you listen to those actual conversations as I did, they didn't play out as if these were a whole bunch of isolated little snippets that have been pieced together by Media Matters and other people who want to destroy his career, and more, this is clearly how Tucker talks uh, and thinks when he uh, doesn't have to worry about whether or not uh, he has his filters on, stuff like that. So very simple quotes by Tucker from that era. Iraq is a crappy place filled with a bunch of, you know, semi-literate primitive monkeys. That's why it wasn't worth invading. The Congressional Black Caucus exists to blame the white man for everything. And I'm happy to say in public because it's true. Everyone knows it's true. You know, white men. They've contributed some, I would say, uh, like creating civilization and stuff. Uh, This is a country founded on European culture. Is Western civilization we're talking about superior to the culture that these immigrants are bringing? So... The, that's like that's a little bit of Tucker Carlson kind of um, 
unfiltered. Let's say that. Tucker Carlson on the show, though, still says a lot of things that are incredibly uh, telling, right? Foreigners come to our country and kill our people. You think leaders would just blame them, but they blame us. Our leaders worship multiculturalism, so we encourage immigrants to reject our culture, except they're not equal. Maybe I don't want to grow up in a culture that looks nothing like the culture I grew up in. Is that bigoted? The problem here, and this is in relation to Ilhan Omar, he's been so angry at Ilhan Omar. He's done multiple segments on her. One of them was called, I kid you not, this is the name of the graphic that was on top of it. We have to fight to preserve our nation and heritage. That is the banner at the top and in that segment he says the problem is there are people who do like this country we live here we have every right to fight to preserve our nation and our heritage and our culture now again all of these things could be written off as and you can have plausible deniability to all this he's just talking about america he loves america he loves the flag he's specifically talking about america he's not specifically talking about races okay i know it sounds a little bit like the 14 words i know it sounds a little bit like these he's saying the same things that white nationalists say but he's not talking like he's saying americans of any kind he's talking about western culture judeo-christian western culture okay this is not like uh you know black and brown people are bad white people good this is just uh, american culture good and uh their culture bad uh, you know there's there's a really big difference and that is crucial People who come to this country have to have something to offer. Be hot. Be really smart. You know what I mean? Hot or smart. That's right. But people come over and pick lettuce. I mean, I'm not saying that's undignified. I mean, that's great, you know, and I admire people who work hard. But on the other hand, are those the people who are going to build a stronger country 20 years from now? Uh, Here's a really telling one. After Alaska renamed Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, he called it an attack on civilization. Quote, with the refusal to commemorate the discovery of the new world by Europeans was absurd and that colonization led to more human freedom and happiness and far less human sacrifice and cannibalism. So that shows you what he thinks about indigenous people. But again, that is a popular sentiment amongst right-wing conservatives. We still don't have anything that's crossing far into the alt-right yet. If you believe in multiculturalism, then by definition, you're not going to rise to defend your culture because it's equal to every other culture. I just have zero sympathy for Iraqis or their culture, a culture where people just don't use toilet paper or forks. And I apologize, that one is actually from his call-in to Bubba the Love Sponge, but that, even if you were looking at one of his call-ins and hearing what he says when he's unfiltered, it still kind of relates to what he says when he is filtered. We have a moral obligation to admit the world's poor, they tell us, even if it makes our own country poorer and dirtier and more divided. Western civilization is our birthright. It makes all good things possible. Undefended, it collapses. These are all from Fox News segments. These, like, the, the, that's not him randomly saying that. What you're seeing right now, by the way, this was a story that Tucker Carlson covered so much when it first came out. And it was about, of course, it was the perfect Tucker Carlson story, okay? This is a story involving uh, an illegal immigrant uh, who was in the United States, who was going to school, and who was accused, uh, while being a 17-year-old, of raping a 14-year-old girl. This was something that Tucker Carlson covered incessantly because it fits his narrative. It fits his narrative that he will say frequently about how immigrants come into this country. Uh, he even uses terms like they're not sending their best. Uh, they come over here. They are going to be. And I'm, I know it sounds like I'm saying Trump right now. No, I'm saying Tucker Carlson. Uh, he constantly vilifies immigrants as being prone to crime prone to crime in this prone to crime right he also and this is something that dr cody showed you if you want to watch some more news has done debunks of he's done segments on how mexicans commit tons of crimes all the illegal mexican immigrants who come over commit tons of crimes in arizona there are so many crimes statistically we now know if we look at the stats that there are crimes being committed by all these different groups turns out all of that is a lie it's all a lie native-born American citizens, when you take a look at any study that has been done that is peer-reviewed and respected, overwhelmingly commit more crimes than immigrants do, illegal or otherwise. So, you know, let that sink in. Tucker Carlson lies to his audience on a regular basis that immigrants commit more crime, that they are more prone to violence, that they will commit more acts of violence, and they are predisposed to that. It's inherent in their culture because there's a difference in the culture. We are being replaced again by other cultures. Now, he did start using the term the Great Replacement, the same Great Replacement that Lauren Southern uh, based a lot of the, uh, her super racist alt-righty shit on, uh, the same one that Camus uh, had originally written on uh, and has said out loud, 
I'm, I'm not referencing a, a white nationalist conspiracy theory. I'm simply saying that we are being replaced by other demographics and those demographics are going to vote for Democrats. Surprise, surprise, by the way, this case, this case that he covered insensitively, vilifying this individual, was thrown out of court. Didn't stop Tucker. Never, never issued like an apology or retraction on that, by the way. Do you think it's possible to move, this is a quote, do you think it's possible to move a large Muslim population into the West and integrate them successfully? Have you seen that anywhere? Thanks to illegal immigration, huge swaths of regions are covered in garbage and waste that degrade the soil and kill the wildlife. Another quote. But the truth is, if you import millions of really poor people with no education, it doesn't mean that they are bad people. But maybe your state gets a little bit more like the countries that they left. Another one. This one is just almost there. Let me stipulate. I'm for getting along. I'm for colorblindness. I'm for tolerance. 100%. But I also think if things radically change in your country, it's okay for you to say, what is this? And maybe I don't want to live in a country that looks nothing like the country I grew up in. Is that bigoted? He was also one of the people, by the way, who on mainstream television was frequently talking about how South African farmers are having their land seized upon them and they're getting murdered. Turned out that whole thing was effectively debunked. Turns out that the rate in which South African white farmers are getting murdered is actually in decline. Doesn't stop a lot of the uh, racist conspiracy theories to talk about that. Here's the most telling one, everybody. And this was the one that was just so very, oh, wow. Um, You can still make the plausible deniability claim in relation to Tucker Carlson. You can still say, at the end of the day, Tucker Carlson is talking about Americans, talking about uh, native-born Americans, not talking about immigrants. Uh, He's not talking uh, about brown people. Sorry, he's talking about immigrants. But he's not talking about brown people. He's not talking about white people. This has nothing to do with race, okay? He's being very selective with his words. He's saying frequently uh, that these people are going to come over and become new voting demographics from the workers here in America. And I'm going to add to that, and this is unfortunate that Glenn's not here to be able to talk about this. Glenn Greenwald. Oh, Glenn, where are you? I just need your face. Well, did I close it? Maybe I closed it. I probably closed it. All right, let's do. Glenn Greenwald in this interview comes out and says Tucker Carlson isn't specifically talking about immigration in relation to race. Okay, when it comes to the discussion of immigration, and this is Glenn Greenwald saying this. I think that this has been traditionally a very strong leftist argument. Leftists are the ones who've been arguing against open borders. Leftists historically are the ones because, and again, this is Glenn Greenwald who says this, if someone comes over to replace a worker, most likely that's going to disenfranchise low-end workers, uh, you know, workers who happen to be, uh, you know, uh, workers who are people of color uh, or people who may already be disenfranchised. He uses two examples to talk about this. He brings up Cesar Chavez. And he also brings up uh, Bernie Sanders. When he brings up Bernie Sanders, he says, Bernie Sanders himself said, open borders is a Koch brothers conspiracy. You can just look at his interview with Ezra Klein to hear that. Uh, And when he brings up Cesar Chavez, uh, he brings up the history of Cesar Chavez, the Farmers Workers Union, uh, and talking about his work to fight illegal immigration himself. Turns out, uh, Tucker Carlson is actually a leftist. Turns out, we were all wrong. Tucker Carlson is, in fact, a socialist, just like Glenn Greenwald said, because uh, uh, Bernie Sanders and other people were saying the exact same thing back in the day. So disingenuous. If you go back and you watch that clip, or at least the entire interview, as I did with Bernie Sanders, what he's talking about is he's talking about corporations exploiting human beings. As in, yes, if we have a system of open borders in which any single person can just enter the country of the United States and begin to work here without without any oversight over to this process whatsoever, that means, of course, corporations who are going to try and make the most amount of profit are going to utilize workers that they don't have to pay at all and workers that they can just basically give absolutely no rights to. That is Bernie Sanders' argument. And that is why he says the whole idea of open borders as it is being described is a Koch brothers conspiracy. That's how he is talking about it. Not the way Tucker Carlson is talking about it. Tucker Carlson is talking about if all these immigrants come over, they will make our country more dirty because they come from dirty countries, poor countries, and they will make us dirty and poor and they will replace us and they will become a democratic voting base. 
That is what Tucker Carlson is consistently talking about. And he has done it so much. He has so many videos. I found so many videos by Tucker Carlson where he says the same talking points. Immigrants are coming over here. They are going to replace us. They are coming from dirty countries. And soon we won't even recognize the country that is in before us. Look around. You won't even see where it's coming from. It's one of the reasons why when there was the Haitian refugee crisis, Tucker Carlson was all the fuck over that. Tucker Carlson was doing so many segments on it because, again, he was saying this is what they want to do. They are going to offer them all free health care and all of these Haitian refugees are going to come over and they are going to become Democratic voters and they are going to replace us. They are going to replace us. They are going to replace us proper Americans. But has Tucker ever slipped up and said anything in the other direction? Yes, he has. Tucker Carlson said live on Fox News. Or sorry, in, in, a, in an interview. If 200,000 immigrants from Poland showed up at our southern border tomorrow, Kamala Harris wouldn't promise them health care. Why? Simple. Polls tend to vote Republican. So yes, Tucker Carlson has talked about the skin color, has talked about a certain type of immigrant that perhaps he favors above other ones. Now, if you were to say things out loud on a regular basis, right? If you were to come out and uh, say I, as uh, the serfs, as Lance, was doing a whole bunch of segments on a regular basis in which I was talking about a whole bunch of topics and people started to tell me, Lance, did you know that a couple white nationalists, white supremacists, you know, the ones you usually make fun of, you know, you make fun of them because it's like fucking all these LARPing losers thinks they're the master race and it's fucking ridiculous and race doesn't exist. It's a social contract. Did you know, Lance, they're starting to sing your praises? Did you know that? If someone told me that, that would be a massive, holy fuck, I done fucked up. I don't know where or when or someone has clipped me out of context. They probably made one of those. It's probably they've taken clips of me making fun of white supremacists and now they're running with that. But that would be an alarm bell to me. That would, that would scare me to learn that even one, if, if, if you told me one white supremacist thinks that you are on the mark, that you are conveying messaging for uh, the cause, I would be like, well, this is a huge problem. This is a massive problem. So let me say, before I get into the white supremacists, uh, who love Tucker Carlson, by the way, um, I looked up studies on immigration, just so we had the clear numbers on this, uh, and they're all lying to you. The results are similar to other work on illegal immigration and crime in Texas. In 2018, illegal immigrant uh, criminal conviction rate was 782 per 100,000 illegal immigrants, 535 per 100,000 legal immigrants, and here's the kicker, 1,422 per 100,000 native-born Americans. Americans, the the Americans that uh, Glenn Greenwald wants to talk about being, the, I guess, the proper stock, uh, the, the, the right kind, keep America for the Americans, uh, those individuals commit more crime than their illegal and legal immigrant counterparts. The illegal immigrant uh, conviction rate was 45% below that of native-born Americans in Texas. The general pattern of native-born Americans having the highest criminal conviction rates followed by legal immigrants with them, legal immigrants having the lowest holds on all other specific types of crimes. What's more, the conspiracy theory that uh, both of them are espousing in relation to workers, the replacement of workers. We bring in an immigrant and all of a sudden that immigrant is going to replace a low-paying American job. It does not matter where you look. Any study that I found on this, including from incredibly right-wing think tanks like the Cato Institute, uh, all the way to Pew Research, all all the way to liberal think tanks uh, that are obviously going to be more pro-immigration than the right-wing ones, the statistics and the studies, the data bears out in every single almost example that I found with a few exceptions that unequivocally Immigration does not destroy job markets, does not replace uh, workers in the United States. Uh, It is a net benefit to society. We're talking about legal immigration, but I want to include, because I also looked up studies of people who are seeking refugee status, people who are seeking uh, to to flee their country of origin for whatever reason. And the United States gives a lot of other countries a lot of reasons to have to flee their own uh, uh, national land. But uh, when it comes to immigration, let's just say in this up here we have this is high skilled labor and this is low skilled labor Uh, in terms of immigrants coming to the united states the diagram looks like an hourglass in that there is 
A very large amount of immigrants who come to the United States with low-skilled labor, a very large amount of immigrants that come to the United States with high-skilled labor, and then a very small amount of immigrants in the center uh, with a mix of both. So they actually get an influx of both of these cases. In the case of high-skilled labor, uh, unfortunately, sometimes immigrants have to end up working in low-skilled labor jobs when they arrive to the United States because their accreditation for whatever uh, high skills they have is not transferable until they do a handful of things that they might not be able to afford yet. So high-skilled labor jobs can go into low-skilled labor jobs as well. The thing that most of these institutes will point out, though, is that the American workforce is going to be taking up this portion. Uh, and so, oh, wow. Any any excuse to draw a lady, I find myself doing now. Um, <laughs> it didn't look as scuffed when, uh, when I was uh, looking through their own diagrams. But in essence, it's not replacing American jobs in the way that people who are afraid of immigrants will tell you. Uh, on top of which, it turns out immigrants to the United States are actually job creators. Uh, they create and start up businesses at twice a rate of natural uh, naturalized born American citizens. Uh, so that's another factor, often not brought up by uh, the Tucker Carlson's and the Glenn Greenwald's when they're talking about how how scary uh, the big immigrants will be. Now, Derek Black, one of the family members of Stormfront, said, and Stormfront, it, we're talking Nazis here, everybody. My family watches Tucker's show once and then they watch it on replay because they feel he is making the white nationalist talking points better than they have. And they want to learn from him, in essence. Eric Stryker, uh, one of the founders and editors of the Daily Stormer, the uh, neo-Nazi website, he mocks and berates the assembly line of Jewish liars, literally laughing at the absurdity of their canned talking points and everything from immigration to Russia to T-slurs. Any talking head you can safely classify in the spectrum of alt-right, it's Tucker Carlson. The Daily Stormer had featured Tucker Carlson's commentary 265 times in the past two years. This is a neo-Nazi website, has featured him 265 times in the past two years. The site's leader, Andrew Anglin, has said, other than the language used, he's covering all of our talking points. The exact quote is, he is literally our greatest ally. Again, the Daily Stormer. Nick Fuentes, everyone's favorite little booger-eating Nazi. Uh, this week, Tucker red-pilled 4 million people and there's nothing liberals can do about it. Another quote, it is unequivocally a victory for America First to hear talking points from my show on Tucker Carlson tonight. Richard Spencer, Tucker is much a better figure who is more intelligent than Bill O'Reilly and is at least sympathetic toward the alt side of things. David Duke, former head of the KKK, he's got a podcast. Uh, <laughs> kid you not, David Duke has a podcast where he recaps Tucker Carlson episodes. The former head of the KKK. And uh, has some glowing words. He doesn't use the word white very often, but that's the underlying message and he's showing. And he shows that there's a massive racism in America against white people, while at the same time saying there's no systemic racism, but people get the message. Kevin McDonald, also known as the, uh, the neo-Nazi academic, says, Carlson is far edgier and less conservative than Bill O'Reilly. Tucker is red-pilled, but manages to stay mainstream. Finally, Mike Enoch, because uh, neo-Nazis just love this guy. It was so easy to find so many neo-Nazis who just like say glowing reviews of Tucker Carlson. Mike Enoch says, the ADL is in the spotlight right now, so don't waste the opportunity. If you have people who watch Tucker, but they aren't quite there yet, use this opportunity to tell them how the ADL is behind all online censorship, how the ADL runs the FBI, how the ADL is behind the woke anti-white capitalism. He's inherently limited to the kind of things he will never be allowed to say. But people who watch Tucker are prepared to learn about the red pilling. And then finally, the the last thing I can say about this and Glenn Greenwald uh, and Glenn Greenwald's defense of Tucker Carlson is that he has been pointing out and he said that he's a socialist because and this is like honestly one of the the baffling things about this whole discussion because he speaks to power, because he calls out elites, right? Like that's that's the big thing. Tucker Carlson, he calls out the elites. He'll he'll call out Jeff Bezos, he'll call out uh, Amazon, he'll call out Google, he'll call out all these places. So he really he really calls out the people that deserve it. He's a, he's a man of the people. He's a populist. That's what he is. He's he's a populist who calls out those in power and the elites. I just want to remind everybody, okay? Uh, back in the day, we had a president known as Donald Trump. Um I'm sure everyone remembers under uh, Donald Trump, there was the corporate tax cut 
Uh, I'm sure everyone remembers all the uh, the fury and the fervor that came out, especially from the left, uh, towards the fact that Donald Trump was effectively going to reduce and did reduce the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21%. This was a very easy talking point for anyone who wants to criticize the elites because at the end of the day, we have a rich billionaire in the case of Donald Trump, uh, who is the president of the United States, who's enacting uh, this new legislation that is going to change the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21% and doing the same old-timey justification that every single person since Reagan has been doing and that this is going to free up and inject so much more money into our economy because corporations are going to pay less in corporate tax rates. They're going to be able to give more benefits to uh, society, the workers, trickle down economics you're going to feel it soon rain upon your heads so seen as how these are all lies and most people at this point in history understand their lies and people on the left uh, who were anti-elitist were very very upset about this because why the fuck are you lowering the corporate tax rate there's already corporations that pay no taxes let's let's increase the corporate tax rate come on let's let's tax these elites that we talk about so much right what did tucker carlson report on during the entirety of donald trump doing the corporate tax rate this was the story this is what Tucker Carlson, populist, man of the people, the, the one who's going to call out the rich elites and, and hold them accountable. This is, this is what he wanted to talk about. Racist trees. Yeah. This, this, was his, this was his coverage during the exact same time. So no, Tucker Carlson doesn't give two fucks. Doesn't give two fucks about calling out elites. You know how I know that? Because he's a fucking elite. Tucker Carlson is a rich trust fund baby of the Swanson Empire. He's bragged about it. He said out loud on the radio shows before, uh, I don't have anything in common with the common man. And he's like, I, I am an elite. He's literally said, I am an elite. Okay. He's also said on that same Bubba the Love Sponge show that what's really important is that if you happen to be a proletariat and you are at the castle, you do not want the serfs or the plebs to come charging at the gates fire and brimstone, you know, looking for revolution. So you got to do something. You got to feed them something. And what does Tucker Carlson do for a living? He feeds them something known as false consciousness. He does that professionally. That's his job now. He is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire who is getting paid by billionaires to spread false consciousness. That is to make workers of the world uh, accept their position accept their position in society and to keep them in their positions in society. That is Tucker Carlson's new job. That is his professional uh, job. While at the same time, scapegoating immigrants, scapegoating uh, people of color uh, and vilifying them and making everyone hyper afraid of them and the crime and the dirtiness that they're going to bring to society while not making anyone realize how the elites actually control the world. That is what he does for a professional living on the behalf of Rupert Murdoch. Like, the elite of elites. Thanks, Australia, by the way. Um, And, like, yeah, I mean, Tucker Carlson has also said out loud, I'm Rupert Murdoch's bitch. Like, he's, that's, that's a matter of record as well. So, there you have it. That's, that's the Tucker Carlson uh, show. Yeah. There's that clip with the Dutch economist. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Where Tucker Carlson just gets, like, fucking destroyed. Destroyed. But, like... Even from a, a, a banner standpoint, like the caravan. Hating America is a major theme for the Dems right now. That one's not so bad. We have to fight to preserve our nation and our heritage. Getting pretty close to the 14 words there. I mean, this is the 14 words. This is what his banner was there. Clean up your room. Getting pretty, pretty similar. Criminal mobs destroy businesses and neighborhoods. Uh... Assault from within on the West itself. It's a war attempt to erase Western civilization. Um, like he puts it, he puts it on blast for all of you. It's not, it's not even that much of a secret, even though we can figure it all out by decoding everything. How is a tree racist? Um, I mean, I didn't actually watch that segment of all the things I did watch. Of Palm Springs, California, out in the desert, is plotting a war on racist trees. Someone Since the 1960s, to. a row of Tamarisk trees has separated Taquitz Creek Golf Course from a historically black neighborhood. Now, locals say the trees were planted with racist intent, and the city plans to clear cut them as a result, as punishment. The cost $169,000. Trey Daniel is a Palm Springs resident who supports cutting down the racist trees. And he joins us tonight. Mr. Daniel, thanks a lot for coming on. 
Good evening. Thank you very so, much for having me. Well, that's all I needed to know. We were just wondering why Tucker Carlson reported on racist trees. Because uh, they always talk about how Tucker Carlson calls out the elites. He's like, you know, he's a populist. He's always calling out the, the people in power and all that kind of stuff. But while the people in power were passing a corporate uh, tax break for corporations to the tune of 35% going to 21%, Tucker Carlson was reporting on racist trees. He doesn't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. All right, I'll play this uh, Kyle G meme one last time because it, it's it's a good job. He did good meme. You, you did good meme. And then uh, I'll move on to the next segment, which will be sillier and funner. Maybe I should just look up what uh, Carolyn Borinsenko has been up to lately. Most likely something strange. Uh, oh, here it is. Glenn. Glenn. Glenn! so well done so you've just been listening to an episode of the surf times and if you enjoy it and want to see the surf times you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv and also everywhere social media is sold basically thesurfs.tv you'll find us there twitter.com slash thesurfstv for example It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help, and yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we will build a ladder to heaven to deliver you the daily news. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are your most humble of clownish jesters. To our lords, Trevor R. and Alexander Thaler, you have our undying fealty. To our knights of the round table, Nate, that one guy, Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariana McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Ants are still running the world, Coulter Smith, Tom Grow, Val 9000, Jenna Tal, Quiet 185, Anna Loves Riley, Riley and Anna, Omni, Poodlehawk. The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy 101, Anthropophojack, Saren 42, Chronic to Hemphog, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Violent Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajanus. We shall meet you in the tavern, and we raise a drink, and we salute you. 